0: Tampa Bay with a 1-0 series lead after just a dominant performance. I am rather concerned that this series is going to suck. <laughs> now, I said before, I have picked against Montreal in every series of the playoffs so far. And so obviously I've been wrong every time. I might have, like, honestly, if I was betting on every game, I probably would have bet against Montreal in every game. So I am not the foremost authority when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens and how effective they can actually be. That being said... What from the other night, I guess Monday night, was surprising? Like, what about that game was like, oh wow, didn't see that coming. Like, that was just Tampa Bay playing very, very well and just in complete control. I will say, No Armia maybe affects things a little bit. I think that, I I still like my prediction of this series being done in five. I think going back to Montreal for game three is going to be a big boost to Montreal. And I think that's going to, to really help them out and get them one win. And that will probably it. So I feel pretty good about my pick of Lightning in five. But I felt good about my pick of Vegas as a Stanley Cup champion too. So the the thing that, I just noticed about the attack from the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, they just, they come at you in waves. Like, there was a couple of those opportunities where there would be a turnover, and then one guy would get a chance, and another guy would get a chance. Like, it really does feel like you're defending, like, eight guys out there. The speed that they are able to attack with, and the skill that they are able to come at you with, and it is all four lines. Like, it is just, it feels like it is just too much for Montreal to have to deal with. They are either going to need Carey Price to play out of his mind, someone to step up offensively, or just... They need something to change in this series. And again, I don't want to overreact to one game. And this is one of the tricky things when it comes to these to, to making predictions in these. Is that when game one looks like what you thought the whole series is going to look like, it's easy to be like, see, told you, nothing's going to change. This is exactly how it's going to go. And that's just not how sports work. So I, I do need to, to caution myself against that. But overall, like, Tampa Bay is just too good. That's, again, I would love to have more in-depth hockey analysis for you than... Tampa Bay is really good, but Tampa Bay is just really good. Vegas is also really good, yes, yes. And, and again, I have I have underestimated Montreal this entire time. Like, did you see that game on Monday? What, what, like, just, th- there was nothing from that night. And again, it's one night, but there was nothing from that game that led me to believe, oh, well, Montreal has a chance in this for sure. Yeah, but yes, to, to answer that question, yes, Vegas was really good, and yes, Toronto was very good, and Winnipeg, pretty good. Um all those teams were going to Montreal was able to, to slow them down. And just because one game looks ugly, doesn't mean the rest of the series is going to look that ugly. I I would imagine Montreal is going to be able to adjust and be able to make this a closer series. But I I do think we're going to look back on this and realize, oh, Tampa Bay was just like better than everyone. And the Kucherov thing certainly is playing a factor. Uh, Again, if you've been listening to me from before, I, I don't I don't hold the Kucherov stuff against them as much as everyone else seems to. I think it's real. When you see how important Kucherov was to this team and is to this team, I think it's actually kind of crazy that they were able to have so much success while not having Nikita Kucherov in the lineup. So, yes, I I hear your point about Vegas was quite good as well, obviously, This just feels like a bit of a different animal for for Montreal to have to deal with. But if you can beat Vegas, you can beat anyone. Also, I... I was busy doing a dogs game last night. Was there some kind of awards controversy? I saw Damian Cox tweet something about it, so... I don't know if it was actually a controversy, if it was just him pretending he's still relevant, or... I don't know what was going on, but... If someone on the chat wants to let me know if there was some kind of controversy for this thing last night, I... I don't know why. I can't be fucked about NHL award stuff at all. And I wish I was, but there's just so many times where it's, oh, I can't believe that happened. It's like, "Eh, I don't know. Like, it just feels like not enough people who vote on these things take them seriously for me to take them seriously, which is too bad because then when you're looking at Hall of Fame cases and, oh, this guy didn't even get any heart votes when he was playing, how should I get or whatever, you know? So I having those types of things actually be taken seriously is a very good help when you're looking at these guys' careers post-career. It, it's just kind of a nice barometer of where everything's at, but then you, you see how some of the awards have been voted on over the years, and it's maybe not the best representation of of their careers. So that's, it's too bad, because you, you hear, like, a lot of NBA podcasts and how seriously they take some stuff like all-NBA teams and most-improved and the all-defensive teams, all of those things. Like, I just, I kind of wish there was that same coverage and that same seriousness given to NHL awards as well. The Adam Fox thing is never not going to annoy me. So, he never wanted to play here. He was never going to play here. It would be cool if Adam Fox was a member of the Calgary Flames. That that certainly would help things out, I would say rather substantially. But as far as him being a part of that trade, A, you're probably not completing that trade without him. And B, you're not having him play for you with him. Like he's just, it's kind of like the Lucic thing with James Neal, where is, is what you've got from Lucic better than what James Neal gave the Edmonton Oilers? In year one, probably not. Is what you are getting from Lucic better than what you would have got from James Neal? Uh Yuh-huh quite a bit. James Neal didn't want to be here either. Now, you can look at deeper reasons as to why these guys don't want to be here, but Adam Fox was never going to be a member of the Calgary Flames, whether they traded him to Carolina or whether they traded him to wherever or just tried to sign him. He was going to play the exact same amount of games of the Calgary Flames as he has up to this point already. So, to to have anyone concerned about anything from Adam Fox, whatever. If you are... the, the extent that I am concerned with Adam Fox is how much fun I can have saying former Calgary Flames great Adam Fox. Like that is, that is the extent of my Adam Fox giving a shit at any point. But yeah, no, good for him. Um, and I mean, quite frankly, I, I like the Rangers if, but yeah, like if all the Canadian teams were expelled forever, I would probably, I would probably cheer for the, the New York Rangers. There's just something about Madison Square Garden and I don't want to cheer for the Knicks. So that, that is why I like the Rangers. Um, but yeah, no, it, if you are losing any sleep over Adam Fox, don't. It, it is absolutely fine. Video montage on his return to the dome? Uh, it, I'm, I'm insulted that it is singular video montage. Yeah, like, I think the new arena development, there should probably be somewhere for a, an Adam Fox statue. Was he even at the draft? Like, do we have a picture of him getting the, um, uh, getting the jersey at the, uh, at the NHL draft? But yeah, don't Flames fans, don't worry about the uh the, the Adam Fox thing. It's you have a lot more things to worry about than Adam Fox getting traded in a deal that got you a guy who looks like he's gonna be a cornerstone defenseman for your team and a guy who should be your number one center. Like that's that that is where I am at on on that trade. Other things going on in sports. The NBA is just broken. Like this the Giannis injury with Trey Young, like it's now I, I just picture the the, the commercials hyping it up tune in what i guess it'll be the game will be thursday tune in this thursday as drew holiday chris middleton and the milwaukee bucks take on kevin herter and the the oh god like it's just it sucks and it sucks that all these guys are getting hurt but to me this show like a, to me, this just shows, like, the, the whole Raptors thing in 2019 with, oh, there's an asterisk on this because Kevin Durant. No, 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 no. Part of the way, like, you don't just get to have an NBA season where no one gets hurt. Like, that just, that doesn't happen. Part of winning a championship is surviving the war of attrition and surviving... All, everything that goes into an 82 game season and then the grind that is a playoff, whether it be the Stanley Cup playoffs or whether it be the NBA playoffs, the whole like, oh, well, it's this team only got there because the other everyone else got injured. It's like, yeah, of course they did. And they only got there because this other team sucked. And this other, like every season has is its own story. Every playoffs is its own story. And while it sucks for the other teams to have their chances doused because of injuries to AD or to whoever else, that's part of this where you need to have the campaigns stepping up and you need to have your your secondary guys come in and have an impact. It can't just be your stars and it's turned into just a star league in the NBA. And to a certain extent, it's always going to be that, right? Like it's what we talked about with Nikita Kucherov how many other teams in the NHL could just survive their top player going out that is a a unique situation for Tampa Bay and so to say oh well all these other guys just need to step it up now that's kind of it like this is why you go out and get Drew Holiday and why you keep Chris Middleton so that if something happens they can step up and help you win a couple basketball games by the way even without Giannis getting hurt, Milwaukee was getting curb stomped in that game by the Atlanta Hawks without Trae Young. The Atlanta Hawks with Trae Young are barely a good team, um, and without him, aren't even close to that. So to have that happen, like, save me kind of some of that, that injury stuff, but I have always hated the, oh well, these guys were injured so it's, it's not a real championship, like- I hate that conversation. Absolutely hate that. It is part of sports. We can't just, oh a guy got injured, Kate, okay. well we're taking a couple of weeks off until everyone gets healthy again and then we'll we'll start the season again just so that everything is fair. Get all the way the fuck out of here. That's part of sports. That's part of the grind. That's part of building a team is understanding like hey, some guys are going to go down and some injuries just screw you. Like that that is just that is how sports works, but that's the, the dangers of going into it, and that's the dangers of building your teams the way these teams have. The other conversation that's been driving me crazy is the Paul George conversation, where he's had a few good games now, and everyone is going to be like, or everyone is like, oh, you all y'all were hating on Paul George. Where's the hate now? It's like, well, nowhere, because he's playing well. It's not like he was dropping 50, and we were like, mm, seen it before. Don't care. Like, that... If we were doing that, that would be ridiculous. What, the problem we had is you're hitting the side of the backboard in clinching games, and you're putting up 13 points in games that are incredibly important that, like, you're giving yourself this playoff P nickname, you should be doing better in these. So to, to go back and say, well, why were you guys on this guy? Look how talented he is. When the dude was shit in the bed, it's always frustrating. Like, saying a guy sucks when a guy's been sucking isn't a problem. It's just a, a statement of facts. If all of a sudden, Sean Monahan comes out next season and wins the Selkie Trophy, we're not going to be like, all all you haters saying he was not a defensive player, where you at now? Because that's ridiculous. Because he wasn't a defensive player until this point. Like, we're, we are... If you don't acknowledge a change, and you don't acknowledge, well, this guy is playing better now, and just stick to your, ah, he sucked then, he sucked now, he's always gonna suck, then yeah, you're being, quite frankly, a dumbass, but to just wipe away anything bad because of one good thing, it's... A little like with Kyle Lowry as another example. Kyle Lowry was dog shit in the playoffs until he wasn't. But just because he got the first eleven points in Game Six of the NBA Finals doesn't mean he was all of a sudden awesome against Washington that series where they got swept. Like that—that's not again. That's not how any of this works, and it's not how any of this discussion works. It is kind of crazy that we're at a point now though where the Phoenix Suns, who weren't even in the playoffs last year, but established things with that run in the bubble are now kind of the favorites to, to win an NBA championship. But it is one of those things I like to talk about where these young teams have to learn how to win. And, and look at the, the team I am playing against right now with the, the Edmonton Oilers, where it was just, hey, we're going to suck, and then all of a sudden, we're going to be a champion. Like, that's that's where it's going to go. It's like, no, 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 no. No, there's you're missing a step in there. It's not just completely tank, get first-round picks, win a championship. It is completely tank, get a couple of high draft picks, improve and build your way to a championship it's not just it never just happens overnight for anyone you have to learn what it takes to win whether it be this league or your beer league slow pitch there there is i believe such a thing as learning how to win the phoenix suns did that in the bubble compare that to what the new orleans pelicans did who basically were at disneyland for a vacation and then see where the teams are at this year Chris Paul certainly helps a lot with that kind of attitude and you need those types of guys in your locker room for sure but I I think the Phoenix Suns are a fantastic example of working your way out of a slump and not letting losing be okay anymore and I think they should really, really be commended for that. If you haven't heard enough from me yet, you can get me on uh, the Dogs broadcast tonight, Dogs Red Against Dogs Black. That is coming up at 7 o'clock at dogsbaseball.ca. Twitter and Instagram, I'm at primetimekline. This is twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Thank you very much for tuning into this. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys later. I'm out.